all of these platforms have new ideas and and you know the truth is that sometimes you may start down one road and realize it's the wrong one and then change but that's that's okay it's not impossible and there's no perfect answer of how you should do it and waiting until that perfect answer or the perfect you know one size fits all solution waiting for that to come to you will mean that you'll be waiting for a long time and probably not doing much while you're waiting because you're waiting If you want, on Spotify, tap the plus symbol, and then if you can't listen during that specific moment, then you can come back in a little bit later, or you can add me onto the playlist or notifications. On Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or a comment if you'd like. challenging so at least in terms of teaching others about staying out of that rut can you at least expound more on that yeah I can so um uh the story that you're talking about is I so I've been making podcasts for a while and I called this is our time and the first you know frankly when I went into it I thought it was a 20 minute story that was my plan going in and it ended up being a more than three hour epic story because it just you know I, I this story kind of grew in it and it went in directions I wasn't really expecting and then I was kind of t- swept up in it in some ways I was really drawn into it and I let it take me and as a course uh, towards the end of that experience of getting ready to launch the first season of that podcast they invited me to go with them on their second journey which was a journey to Antarctica on a ship for 21 days meant I was uh, away from home for a month and um, you know I'd, I'd had a really challenging year leading up to that and and that was sort of production challenge related and uh, um, so I, I can't say I arrived in uh, Argentina ready to go to Antarctica on my best footing and and I think um, when I left I, I I I had this naive notion that I would go and I would do this thing I would have this experience and the stories would be evident to me and I would come back and I would share them and what I found what I discovered actually is I went there and there were there were a lot of stories there were too many stories and now I was right in the middle of the story and when I got home not only could I not see where the story was but I was so buried inside of it that I had to really figure out how to remove myself from the story and in order to see the story if that makes any sense I think it's like um sometimes I equated it to the idea of trying to read a book when it's at the end of your nose you just can't see those words they're too they're too blurry you have to take the book down and 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 look at it from a further distance where you need you need to remove yourself from it in some ways so I started on I it was kind of instinctual at that point but I kind of went through this process of removing myself from the narrative and trying 
in the pro, uh, with the goal of figuring out what is the narrative like if, if I'm not in here if it's not me in the middle of the story what is it and I think that led me to this kind of realization which you know I was sort of doing for a long time before I realized before I stopped and looked at it and asked myself what am I doing I is this process of removing my own self and my own ideas and my own values and my own um, preconceptions of the story to then see it. And then there's an interesting process of kind of reinserting it back in there. And then, and then I sort of, then I had to continue this process for quite a bit longer and, and in different ways. And, and I think the, along the way, I've realized that there's some really good skills to share with people here. And, you know, I, I, like a lot of creators, I, I had long stretches of being upset by the story and, and just, and then a lot of completely unmotivating days. And, and then, you know, if you, if you're not in the flow, if you're not working on it, you just, when you go back to it, you're, you're lost to it for a long period of time. So I decided to sit down you know, I, at one point, I really just made a commitment to myself to sit down and do it and then got there, got in the flow. And then I stepped back and said, now, how did I do that? And that was the way that I, um, that was the way that I sort of came up with this curriculum idea of, you know, I, I, I have this experience. It was a really, really difficult experience. I got out, I can share this. And it's one of the things that I want to do to help other creators who are, who are in a similar position to me to, kind of unfreeze and unstuck this story that's inside you but you know ironically it's sometimes because you're just too inside of your own story so there's a process of removal and retrieval and then there's a process after that to kind of figure it out yeah and I think it's really fascinating when you think about it it's like to the average person it's just like okay this is a story I don't know exactly how much work or time or energy went into this. And and this can go for like any creator or journalist or just someone who works on long projects for a while. And I guess it can be challenging because at least to help others understand. So say if um, the average person was like, okay, well, I don't really want to learn about the 15 essential story ideas or go through a breakthrough or something of that nature do you have any words to say about that I mean I think that the idea of 15 story beats is um it's most commonly thought of as being connected to someone who's got a screenplay that they're working on or a novel or in my case a narrative podcast which is absolutely true but I think one of the one of the hidden gems of the idea of 15 story beats is that they're totally, totally universal. And if you're, you know, you're just trying to write website copy or you're trying to, you know, create a little elevator pitch for something that you want to do, you're working on a school presentation, you want to, you're trying to pitch someone a new idea or you're, you have a funding application, like all kinds of applications I've used this idea for. And with the concept that you're always telling a story, you're always trying to convey your idea and your passion and your connection to it. And, and it sometimes involves you or sometimes it's, it's a product or an idea. But whatever it is, I think framing it in this concept where there's a story arc to it, 
where you introduce it and then you establish a little bit of tension and then you you discuss you know what some of the challenges might be and then you hit a midpoint and then you're really kind of not so sure and then you get more sure and then it's the end i mean that's that's really a basic plot line of what the 15 story beats are and that is super applicable to anyone doing anything and i think that's one of the magic that's one of the magical aspects of storytelling um, because it's it's storytelling is something that's age old. It's been in our genetic cultural DNA since the beginning of time that people understand stories on a really deep level. And so if you're trying to convey something, you tap into that, you'll really reach your people. And, and that's, that's one of the really exciting things about the, about this idea of 15 story beats, because I think it transcends just, you know, straight up creative projects and it goes all the way to really wherever you want it to be. Of course, you have to adapt it a little bit along the way, but that's, um, that's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because the big difference between me and you is that, you know, of course, you've been working at this for 20 plus years and me, well, at least to companies, I'm considered what they call an early career journalist slash creator. So as you know, with the pandemic and with everything else, it can be challenging to not only just, of course, and creative with your stories, but just kind of breaking into the industry so I know that of course we have the 15 beats but can you give any at least advice about at least in terms of your experiences how things how you got started hmm um well, you know, it's interesting. I still feel like I'm starting along the way. I'm always trying new things. I'm always going and I have a lot of years of experience, but platforms change and genres change. And, um, you know, even podcasting in the last five to seven years, the formats and the ideas have changed. So um, I think one of the things is I always kind of have a beginner's mindset in some ways where I'm always open to be considering new things. I never really think of myself as the person who who just knows it and I'm phoning it in. And I think once you get to that level, you lose interest in it anyway. Um, and I think for one of the, um, you know, I think about the internet as, as you know, originally, because I'm old enough to think, to, to know this, people used to think that the internet would kill journalism and, and would make, would, you know, take the job of writing away from people. But in fact, um, it's exploded in a, in a whole other direction. And there's so many opportunities on there for people to create and to do it without the gatekeepers. I mean, this is the big revolution, I think, of the internet is the gatekeeper has gone. You're not submitting your pitch to a newspaper or magazine editor by fax machine and waiting for three months for them to call you on your telephone and you hope you, you catch the call. Now you can write something on Medium and publish it. And if it's good enough, it gets picked up from within the system. And then you can start to develop a following and eventually make it, uh, you know, part of what you want to do. You can go on Substack and start a newsletter and, um, you know, start it from uh, an email list of two people and grow it to however many, however many people you can. And then you can start to monetize it. Podcasting. Mm -hmm. 
that is, is if you can figure out how to do it, you are allowed to do it. That's the only barrier to entry is your own ability to learn new things and be brave. So, you know, my advice, I think, to to people starting out in the creative industry is just be brave. I mean, there are don't, don't wait for t- someone to tell you you can do it because you can. There's a thousand ways to do this. And um, I mean, I'm only mentioning two ideas. There's a thousand other ideas. And um uh, just start, just do it just because it's a creative process is, is a practice. And if you don't start and if you don't do it regularly, and if you don't learn from what you're doing, then you, you, you don't have the chance to uh, improve. One, one of the things I used to do when I started podcasting, um, is I would take, uh, we did, you know, lots and lots of interviews and I would sit and listen to the interview again, the raw tape of me and whoever I was interviewing. And I would do it specifically to listen to how I answered, how did I ask the question? Did the person answer the question or did they go off? And I would do it to kind of evaluate my own self, uh, to kind of get to, to, to try and learn from my own mistakes and how, how could I do better? How, and so I would listen to it all and try not to, like, not when I'm transcribing it and not when I'm trying to edit with it, but just listen to it and then make some notes, you know, two, three, four ideas of how I can improve and do it better. And it was really painful at first because listening to your own voice is, <laughs> it's hard, right? And people mm-hmm. always think that they sound funny and they don't sound good or they don't like the way they answer. They don't like the way they talk or they don't like the way it, the kind of diction that they use to ask a question. And I forced myself to get past that. And number one, I, I like my voice now. Not only do I like my voice, but I know what my voice sounds like. And there's a transition, there was a flip that happened where the voice that I hear out of my own ears when I speak is the same voice that I hear when I listen to it on a recording. There's, there was a leveling process and it took me years to realize this, but I, I remembered that I used to hear it and feel like, oh, I sound really nasally. Oh, I don't like, I don't like the way I sound. Now I, I, I hear it as I speak it and that divide left. And I also took that chance, I took that time to really teach myself because I'm pretty much entirely self-taught. Um, you know, I've done sort of more master classes, but I didn't go to the school of podcasting. That wasn't podcasting wasn't even a genre that people knew about when I went to university. I had to teach myself, um, and I and I I taught myself by listening to my own self how to improve. How am I going to ask that question better? I asked it in this way. I kind of avoided the question. How could I ask it better? Um, and so then the next process, so I listened to it. Then I transcribed it, and I would sometimes take what the question that I had actually asked and rephrase it uh, in the way that I should have asked it. And, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of rote at the beginning, but eventually it helped teach me how to just ask the question that you really want. And then, and then the next stage, which is how to, how to respond to the question that is being answered by the person and follow up on it rather than accidentally going off in a tangent because you kind of realized you forgot to ask it the right way and then you leave some of the golden bits that the person might have left for you to respond to because you're still thinking about the question that you asked the wrong way. I went to university as well and I did learn a lot there about audio, about broadcast production. Well, multimedia production was was at least the 
niche, I know it's not the word, that I had signed up for and studied. And I am thankful for that experience. But then as time went on, I was like, okay, well, this is clearly happening in society right now, but I still want to produce work. And of course, that's how this podcast came to be. But then like with others, with newsletters and within the other medium, I think people especially now we're just at a crossroads where it's like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and do this. And it can kind of be challenging too, because there's no one definitive answer. It's like, okay, well, I can learn from this guy who has millions of dollars and views and all that. And then, okay, well, how do I translate that into what I'm doing now? And I think that kind of hangs people up because it's like, okay, well, I want that success now. I want all this stuff now. So, (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I spent a long time telling myself that I should start a blog. I should start a blog. But I didn't end up starting a blog because I couldn't quite figure out the right way to do it, what to call it, where to host it, what kind of website platform. There were just too many questions to answer before I even got to the writing part. And, and I realized that I'd spent years in that kind of headspace of like, I should really do this. Yeah. I got to figure out what this is. I should figure out what that is. And then at some point I just stopped and said, you know what? I don't, I I don't really want to write a blog because what I want to write is journalistic style articles. And if I sign up and post on medium, I'm already like, I don't have to develop the back end. It's already there for me. That's what, and same thing with social media, with Instagram, you want it, you can start a whole entire business on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You don't have to recreate that wheel. You don't have to build your own WordPress website and figure out how, what that is and how to do all the plugins and all that stuff that makes you crazy. So, you know, sometimes you can follow one person who, who just magically has it and figure out their formula and do what they do. There's no crime in copying. But what I found along the way is sometimes the, the, the formula is so specific. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing about just starting and sort of figuring out where you're, what's holding you back. And for me, I, I couldn't start a blog because I couldn't figure out what website platform to host it on. And I didn't want to be bothered with all of the back end stuff to do that, which was a totally smart and legitimate thing. I just wish I'd realized earlier that what I wanted to do was write and find a way to publish that online and then just do that. Cause now that I have done that, it's like a, it's like a relief. It's so great. And I don't have a blog cause I don't sell a product and I don't, you know, I don't have affiliate links. And like, you realize that this, the blogosphere is really kind of an, it's an industrial complex now, which is growing and changing by the, by the hour. And I don't really want to be a part of that. So you figure out kind of what your end goal is and maybe, and then reverse engineer it a little bit. Yeah, because I remember I remember recently, at least on Twitter, that they had actually opened up a new component where you could basically sign up and create your newsletters and grow your audience and then monetize it. And at first I thought, oh, well, that's great. But then that also made me think, okay, well, this would probably work for someone already established or either someone who already has like a a huge following or something on Twitter. So I guess that can be another just challenge too, because usually, at least in my experience, when you're trying to like advertise your work to someone, you first would just go to the people who already are aware of your online existence. So it can be just kind of challenging to grow from that point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they, all of these, all of these platforms have new ideas and, and, you know, the truth is that sometimes you may start down one road and realize it's the wrong one and then change, but that's, that's okay. It's not impossible. And there's no perfect answer of how you should do it. And waiting until that perfect answer or the perfect, you know, one size fits all solution, waiting for that to come to you will mean that you'll be waiting for a long time and probably not doing much while you're waiting because you're waiting. So, um, yeah, the the email newsletter situation, that's that's um that's a whole other industrial complex. I've spent quite a bit of time navigating that. Um it's uh, it's a tough one. But and and the other thing I would say is that um you know, there's there's a lot of ways to learn the stuff online and there's a lot of teachers and I'm really um I think this is maybe why I was um inspired to do an email course or some kind of online learning because that's really how I've learned most of what I've done in the last few years is through these digital courses uh, that are that are delivered in a variety of different ways, and they they really do a good job teaching. So um, find the one that you want. There's a bazillion things like this out there, from small to big to giant, and you kind of niche down and figure out what it is you are trying to learn and find a little course on it and then take some of the mystery out take some of the self-teaching hours that go into it and pay a little bit of money to find someone to teach you and then along the way you'll discover some community as well which is which is a great thing for all kinds of reasons for you know for for just social reasons but also business reasons and um, community reasons so that's my advice there (laughs) It's interesting in terms of content, like, okay, say if I just put out some content or something and it slowly becomes really good, and then here comes, I guess, investors or supporters or something of it, and then boom, you have this business aspect of it. And that can be really challenging because like, hey, you know, I just do this for the content. I don't know how to supervise all the corporate side basically of this <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah for sure i um uh and there's you know there's the sort of individual creator mode and then there's the mode of someone who's a manager and then the mode of someone who works in a corporation kind of setting um and they're all different and i, I think it's a cultural question to ask yourself what kind of a space do you want to work in and then figure out from there but even if you work in those big um, institutional settings it's nice to have your own little passion project the thing that you can do you know during quarantine when you can't go anywhere and see see anyone else or when you just need some quiet time on a Sunday afternoon um, to feel a little bit of fire in your belly to accomplish something that's been on your mind for a while Mm -hmm. that's just really cool at least in that aspect, because again, going back to at least my experiences, we were just taught the more traditional broadcast sense where it's like, okay, well, you stand and you say, well, in front of the camera and like a stand up and you say this, and then you, of course, edit it, put it together, make sure there's like no, what is it called? Like, well, at least in terms of video, it's it's more like a jump cut where you twitch or something and then it moves on to the next clip. <laughs> and I know it sounds really weird and silly, but that's just at least how I was taught in the beginning. 
And of mm-hmm. course, now we have like YouTube and other outlets where it's like, hey, you know, we can do this our own creative way. And do you think that just sort of just knocks out the traditional way? Because I know big companies are trying to adhere through social media and millennial millennialism and things like that to still have their audience and keep it where it was because I mean communication now is not what it was like 10 or 15 maybe 70 years ago so it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. well I mean I think the these corporations are always innovating and often they look to um, you know solo people doing innovative things and posting them on social media to learn what some of the new moves are like of course you'll now with the rise of tiktok silly dances you (laughs) can be sure you watch television and there's all kinds of tiktok style silly dances because that that's just a thing that's come through um but i think you know I, i still believe that these two these two monoliths learn from each other you know the the kind of institutional setting the the kind of um, it's it's almost like the bricks and mortar that that that's that's the sort of classic standard way, and then it gets interpreted and reused all kinds of other ways, and then you know it's a back and forth, and I don't I I never think it's a one or the other. I always think it's kind of an iterative process that moves back and forth and up and down, and that's kind of an exciting transition of how genres emerge like if you go back if you listen to really really old podcasts they don't sound anything like what they do now um and you know and there's all these different genres of podcasts there's like the, you know the fan cast and the storytelling podcast and the news test and the chat cast and you know all of these things that they were kind of just in a big jumble heap before but now that the genre has grown and the industry has grown now there's you know all kinds of different silos and um, people doing them all but they've all learned from each other and I think um, you know the institution in some ways the motherboard of it all and they they've dictated some of the terms and then the individual interesting creators kind of mix it up make it fresh and lively and that pushes it forward well I think, honestly, I think we've covered about everything. And I know you told me, of course, about the 15 essential story beats and the 10-day course. But was there anything else you wanted to advertise or plug? Well, I want to talk about my podcast, which is called This Is Our Time. And uh, where that I launched that in uh, early, uh, I launched it in full in early February of 2018 or Jan, sorry, January of 2018. And um, that was what I call a virtual, a virtual story. That was a virtual expedition to Antarctica. And right at the end of producing that story, I was invited to actually go to Antarctica. And so what I've been working on for the last few years, which is the story I got lost in, which is why I made the email course I've been working on the second season of the podcast, which I'm getting ready to launch this spring. Can't quite nail a date down yet, but I'm excited for it to be there. But in the meantime, all of it is on any podcatcher you'd ever want to listen to. This is our time. And it's a story that starts with answering the question of uh, what do you do when when you hear the call to leadership? What do you do when women want to step out and 
define themselves as a leader in the world, as a leader in their field, and as a leader in their family. What, what does that actually look like? And then when you throw a bunch of those people together on a ship to do um, a really um, a, a really mandated leadership exercise, what does that actually look like? And then the story that I'm about to release is what happens when I get pulled inside that story? What it, what, what, it, what is the actual journey like as compared to the virtual journey? And I'm really excited to share that with, with, uh, with the world and it's coming soon it's a very slow process it's a it's a tough it's a tough one but um i'm excited to to share that nice the story within the story yeah Can't wait. <laughs> that's great